Hey, everybody, before we get to the show, just want to mention we have a business development workshop coming up on November 16th at noon central. All you need to do to sign up for that free workshop is to go to fretson.com slash events and sign up today. And uh, I know you'll get a lot of takeaways from it. Hope to see you there and enjoy the show. You're listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Each episode, your host, author, and lawyer coach, Steve Fretzen, will take a deeper dive, helping you grow your law practice in less time with greater results. Now, here's your host, Steve Fretzen. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Be That Lawyer. I am Steve Fretzen. I hope you're having a lovely and wonderful day. We are back every week, twice a week, to make sure that you are behaving yourselves. No to help you to be that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized, and a skilled rainmaker. And I don't know if you know too much about Fretzen and what we do, but we only do two things. On one hand, we work with lawyers to help them develop the business that they've always dreamed of. We work with them on the business development, the marketing, the personal branding, LinkedIn. And we actually work with lawyers for a few years and, um, and we actually stay with them for the lifetime that they're in business. So it's really an interesting process and program if you're interested in that. Check out my website, fretson.com. We also do peer advisory groups. We've got now four roundtables that are uh, putting you in, in room with other successful lawyers to talk shop and work on your challenges and share best practices. I bring in top speakers like Audrey here. How you doing, Audrey? Hi. Well, thank you. Good. I'm just dealing, doing my shtick right now uh, about, <laughs> about my business. But anyway, if you're interested in any of that jazz, uh, check out my website, fretson.com and on to the show. We've got uh, Audrey. How are you? What's going on? I'm good. Thank you. Good to see you. Thank you. It's yeah. a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, of course, of course. And we love the quote of the show. People are always telling me they love the quote of the show, and I agree. And yours is uh, Steve Jobs. He happened to say a few good things in his time. Great things in business are never done by one person. They're done by a team of people. I think that's probably true. Tell me about that. Yeah, I believe strongly in working with teams and uh, teaching lawyers, especially the ones in leadership positions, how to cultivate teams. And frankly, I believe, like many people believed, apparently Abraham Lincoln believed this, that the best teams are the ones where they're cross-functional and you surround yourself with people who don't necessarily think like you. Because if everybody thinks like you, you're going to only see one perspective. And those are my favorite teams to lead and put together. And they're also always the most productive. Yeah. Well, and I also think it's important, like I know, like if there's two people that want to run a firm together, one has one set of skills, the other has another set of skills. It's not always best for them to have the same skills, even in looking to develop out of practice, for example. Well, that's right. And yeah, definitely when it comes to developing a practice, but it's also important when it comes to running the firm. I mean, uh, you know, I teach at the University of Illinois Law School. I teach about the business of law because law is a profession, but it's also a business. And um, I try to have the students engage in some role playing where they understand that when you're running a firm, it's not everybody doing everything. Somebody is going to be better at finance and budgeting. Somebody, hopefully, will be better at the technology aspect. Somebody should be better at training uh, new talent and so forth. When one person tries to do it all, it can get really damned up. 
Yes. And as they say, it takes a village, right? So, it did. Audrey Rubin, you are the president of Rubin Solutions. And uh, we had just the most delightful conversation, I don't know, a week or two ago. And just so thrilled to talk about our subject today, which I'm keeping a secret. No one's going to know until I decide so. Um, no, but we do want to hear your background leading up to your Be That Lawyer tipping point. So please uh, give us a give us a lead in into not only being a professor, but also uh, running your own business. Right. Well, my business now, Ruben Solutions, advises lawyers on improving their business practices, business operations, some people call it. I call it, uh, you know, business operations, but with a real practical viewpoint. I've been the client. I was the vice president and chief operating officer of Aon Company's global law department, where I was responsible for all lawyer hiring around the world. Mm. And so I've been the client. I've been the GC of several well-known companies, including Grant Thornton, uh, also international companies. But I've also been a partner in a law firm and chief operating officer of two law firms, uh, Wildman Herald being uh, one of them in Chicago. And as a result, I understand, I am a lawyer, obviously, if I was a general counsel, and uh, I understand the challenges that lawyers have in uh, the business side of things. It's very hard to do everything. It's hard to be a business developer, a great fill-in-the-blank trial lawyer, a great negotiator, a great mentor, you know, understanding the budget. You can't do it all even if you actually had the skill to do it all. And so that's my sweet spot, helping lawyers do better on the business side of things. Yeah. And what was the turning point for you, whether that was getting out of private practice, going into GC, starting your own business? Was there anything that that happened that you know made you decide the things you ended up going with? Yeah, actually, there was. As I said, I had been a partner in a law firm, so saw definitely how law firms uh, run. And I went in-house. And as a general counsel, I began to realize that law firms need to operate more like a business. In a business-like fashion. You don't say. Yeah. I never heard that before. I know. You never heard it. <laughs> I, I went out there and started giving some talks on it and writing some articles on it. And then, of course, the next thing you know, I was asked to be a chief operating officer of a law firm. And so I was pretty early in the legal operations space. But I personally love it. I, I get really excited about it because I love the law and I want to help the profession be as good as it can be. And I think the business schools are usually not taught. Yeah. I know there's a business school, uh, I want to say it's um, Ohio State, that is using one of my books, Legal Business Development is in Rocket Science, as part of their syllabus for the practice management and the business side of it because it covers a lot of ground. And I was thrilled to hear that, 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 you know, they're, they're actually bringing, you know, business development, networking and the business of law into the law schools, because I think that's the area that, you know, every lawyer says, oh, they never taught me this in law school. And it's like, at what point are, is that going to become maybe less, less of, of just a saying that every lawyer has said dozens and dozens of times? Yeah, you're right. And congratulations on that. When I started teaching at the University of Illinois College of Law, I think we were the third one in the country. Uh, to do this kind of uh, business of law course. And now I'm, I do believe there are more. In fact, there are some law schools that are giving special certifications on it, and I wish more would do it. 
Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So let's get into, so I, I was holding out on the audience on like, what's our kind of topic going to be today? And you and I could talk about anything for hours and hours. I don't even question it. But the one thing that, that, that came up in our, in our pre-interview chat was the importance of client service. And the fact is, is that lawyers generally, since they're not taught business development, they're not taught client service, they're not taught recruiting, they're not taught all these things, right? Why do lawyers not really get client service like get what what do they get about it or why they they not focus on that well most of us were trained to believe that if we if we were really good lawyers uh clients would hire us and unfortunately there's a lot more to it than being a really good lawyer uh a lot more to it and that's the kind of thing that i i like to coach people on i do a lot of coaching well, I think there, what I came up with years ago was something called the client loyalty myth. That is that if you do a good job as an attorney and you have a fair fee, that a client will never leave. And that's no longer the case, right? I think when my dad was coming up, that may have been the case, you know, in the 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever. But there's so much competition and there's so much pressure. There's so many lawyers being, you know, brought in to meet people all the time, CEOs, GCs, et cetera. That you have to really stand your on your toes. You you want them to say, I don't want to meet another attorney because the attorney I have is, and then you fill in the blank, all the wonderful things you would say about a great, great attorney. And I don't think it's just about great, just great work, right? Quality and service. I think there's there's more to it. It's definitely not just about being a great lawyer. And you're right about people changing uh, alliances, if you want, with their law firms. There's also uh, what has happened in our world is, of course, budgets are very carefully watched now. You know, the general counsel can't just spend whatever she or they or he wants to spend, and neither can individual clients. Uh, not only that, most companies are looking for uh, diversity of their law firms, and I mean diversity in the way we think of diversity, equity, and inclusion, as well as diversity of expertise, right? Yeah. So uh, you can't just be a good lawyer. You have to do a whole lot of other things to attract and retain the business. Well, and so there's there's some education involved in that. I mean, if I'm if I'm doing great work for my clients and I believe that that's all it takes and that's all I'm going to do. Right. And so then it's a matter of what do lawyers need to be educated on what their clients really want? How do they know what their what their clients really want? What do clients really want? Well, the first thing you asked the question, how do they know what the clients really want? They should ask them. <laughs> it, was, it was embedded in the, yeah, in the discussion. But, but most lawyers don't because we yeah. think we're only hired for this particular project and we're going to show the client how great we are. When in fact, the best lawyers who retain and expand their business issue report cards on themselves to the clients periodically. They go in and ask the client, how am I doing not so much on the legal work, but on other things? Uh, clients care about things like responsiveness, having a point of contact, understanding and being able to predict the bills, exposure by the law firm to other lawyers and clients. And it's way more than just being a good lawyer. It's even more than just being a good lawyer at a reduced fee. It's a much more personalized situation now, relationship now, 
And I can give you many examples and stories of things that lawyers have done that have been great to retain my business and that have been not so great. Well, that might be kind of fun. So let's do this. Um, since we're having fun, uh, let's start with one that's a really great example of what a lawyer did to provide that great client service. And then let's flip it. And what's something that someone did that really blew up in his or her face? Okay, I will. Thank you. Well, yeah. something that a lawyer did, because I asked, uh, it was a him, him to do it, and he did it without a blink. When I was chief operating officer of Aon's law department, we had legal issues in many jurisdictions. And I was kind of tired of paying one price in New York, one price in Chicago, another price in Los Angeles, another price in London. And by price, I pretty much mean billable hourly rate. Sure. So I said to my relationship partner, I don't care what you do, but I want you to figure out one rate so I don't have to worry. I can call you and you're going to get me one rate and I'm not going to worry about paying X in New York and Y in LA. It's going to be one rate. And he did it. Hmm. What do you think about that? Obviously, he did it in a way that made him a profit. He's not stupid, but it helped me with my budgeting, with my time. You didn't have to keep going to these various offices. What do you want to charge? What do you want to charge? You know, a lot of law firms operate on budgets and forecasts that are pretty narrow, which they might want to rethink. Uh, you know, if your IP department in your law firm charges this, then your litigation department charges that, and your corporate department charges that, you might kind of want to rethink how you're doing pricing for your clients because the clients really just want it easy and predictable. But here's the piece that I'm taking away from it more than anything is the communication between you and this lawyer was such that that you could you could make that request and and get a get it resolved to not only solve a problem but also to to know that that individual was was you know willing to go to bat for you to make it easy. Precisely. Yeah. Now you want a you want a horror story? I uh, that would be wonderful. Yes. I, okay. Okay. <laughs> that's I a have, sick I don't know if that's my sick brain, but yes, I do want that story. Sadly, I I have quite a few, which is unfortunate, but here's one. Law firm uh is starting to do business for me and congratulates me on how wonderful my background is in the diversity space, because in fact, I have worked my entire career on diversity in the legal profession. And I say, thank you so much. Guess who shows up at the meeting? All white men. Yeah. So they go back and they say, now, is there anything else you'd like to know about us? And I said, yeah, well, I, you said you knew all about me in diversity. Where's the diversity on this team? And they're like, oh, we, you know, we thought you only wanted to meet the people in this department or whatever. So that's an example. They never got more work. Yeah. And that's because of two things. One, they obviously didn't have the diversity, but two, because they really hadn't done their homework and yeah. they cross is not aware of what they needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, Listening, preparing, engaging—I mean, these are all things that are gonna that are gonna give you a shot, you know, a shot at, at winning the business. And uh, it sounds like that was just a, a total bomb. Yeah, it was a bomb. And I'll tell you another quick uh, firing of a law firm that anybody on this podcast can relate to. The bill came in late. The bill came in six months late. We wouldn't pay it, and we never used that person again. Mm. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there's a lot of lawyers that really struggle with getting their time not only recorded, but getting those bills out. And it's it yeah, I mean, I don't want <laughs> I don't want to get a bill, you know, that's been piling up for six months and, and then be expected. It's like sometimes when I um with old CPAs I would use, they'd say, Oh, you know, tomorrow's uh tax day and, and by the way, now we're gonna tell you owe oh, thirty thousand dollars. Well, geez, that would have been nice to know, I don't know, six months ago, three months ago, the plan for it. They did not last. So I totally get it. I totally get it. As you all know, finding amazing employees can be the toughest job for any law firm leader. You deserve to run the law firm you've always dreamed of, but you can't get there without a great team. To get staffed up, they will help you by staffing your law firm with incredible full-time, offshore executive assistance, legal assistance, marketing assistance, and much more. The best part? They will find you a highly qualified English-speaking VA based in Latin America for only a fraction of the cost locally. At Fretzen, we use Get Staffed Up for marketing person, and you know how good our marketing is. Learn more at getstaffedup.com slash be that lawyer. Hey, everybody, check this out. You've just had a call with a client where they need help with something you don't do. You've reached out to colleagues, you've searched the lawyer directories, and you simply tell them you don't know anyone that can help. Overture changes all of that. Overture is the first private attorney network designed for the country's best independent attorneys to refer matters to one another and ethically share in referral fees. It's a great way to keep your clients happy and build your practice with referred clients. It's by the founders of LegalZoom. Membership is free if you're accepted, but act now to get priority access to referrals for your state and practice area. Apply for membership at overture.law, overture.law. Lawyers, there's an easy way to boost your law practice. Partner with Get Visible, the digital marketing agency that makes you stand out. Meet Sarah, an awesome lawyer, but a terrible marketer. Get Visible helped her build a powerful website and boost her online visibility. Now she ranks high on Google, gains clients through ads and engaging content. Tired of feeling insignificant? Make it rain. Visit getvisible.com and stand out. So let's transition to... And this might be a you and me thing, like a working together thing, which is okay, right? We can collaborate. Three tips, four tips for outstanding client service. What are some things that we can just, look, you have this amazing perspective of being in-house, of being in a firm, of consulting. I mean, you've done it all. And so I think lawyers really want to pay attention right now because you're going to give and I'm going to maybe chime in too. Three things, four things that will separate you from the pack as a lawyer and as it relates to how you are servicing your clients in a way where maybe they'll never leave. Okay. Okay. So one is try to do some joint projects with your client. And a joint project can be anything from a pro bono activity to sponsoring the client's off-site retreat and showing up there, by the way, so you get to meet most of the lawyers at the client, by the way, and the business. Also, it's a win-win-win, and it you know, what? what is a lunch? $10,000, $15,000? I think you'll make it up if you encourage that. Yeah, you get, you get a half a matter out of it. Right. I've done process improvement projects between the law firm and the client. And by that, I mean, pick a process such as billing or such as e-discovery. Uh, we all know there are things that could be improved in the efficiency of these systems. Well, if you meet together in a facilitated way and you can remove some of the problems at both 
ends, right? The client as well as the law firm, the client is most appreciative. And you have spent a half a day together, you know, building relationships because you're working on the same problem together. So those are all kinds of things that you that you should do. Another thing that you should do, and I know this sounds obvious, but it is still failing, is be available all the time and introduce the client to somebody else in your practice who is going to be available if you're not. I mean, let's face it, everybody gets caught, you know, you might have a health problem, you might have a funeral to go to. We get that. What we don't get is what happened to me once when I called one of my lawyers. There was an emer- truly an emergency, like the government was knocking at the door. And I'm sorry, he was at a lunch meeting. And I said to the administrative assistant, well, who else is working on my matters? And she said, oh, I, I just don't know. I think you're going to have to wait till he comes back. Do not do that. Introduce your client to a whole team people who stay somewhat abreast of your issues or at least are smart enough to know how to figure out what's going on and be available. And you don't necessarily have the answer that moment, but just be available. Go ahead. I want want to add something on to that particular point, um, Audrey, because a lot of attorneys, you know, you know, they, you know, just covet their clients. They don't allow other people in. They're afraid of, of it getting stolen or they're afraid of whatever. And it's it's a huge negative because when you have a team, like this is where we also we're going back to the very beginning of our chat today, right? Where you have a team, you have power and you have the ability to service a client in a very different way than if it's just on you. And so like that's going to be critical, especially for lawyers that want to build books of business uh, and they say, well, my, my clients all want me. Well, that's also a problem because- 80% of the questions that they may have, they're, they're not even at your level or they're not even things you need to respond to. If you had a second in command, a lieutenant, somebody that could step in and really handle the, the, a lot of the legwork that allows you to stay out in front. Boy, are you correct. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. Well, like I said, good collab, good team here. Introduce <laughs> a client to a team. And by the way, try to keep that team on the client's work. Uh, I know associates tend to move up every year and so forth, but the client doesn't want to get reintroduced to somebody every year if the associate in the first place was good. Figure out a way to keep your team together so that the team learns the business of the client. It's not only about the legal work. It's about the whole business. If you're a really good lawyer, you will know, for example that there's a merger and acquisition talked about at the client's business. And therefore, you will help the client navigate various things that the client needs to do in anticipation of that. You won't wait to get the call. Oh, help me with this acquisition. No, you're going to be in front of it guiding the client, even if some of that isn't billable. But that that's what makes the super, that's what makes the super duper lawyers. You want some more? Yeah, give me one more, then I'm going to add one diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I am really uh, frustrated because I know that there are, you know, minorities are literally minorities in the numbers game. However, there are ways for all of us to improve the diversity of their teams. Even if you're subcontracting or partnering with another law firm, it is no good anymore to say, well, I only have a law firm of 10 people and I you know, how many people of color can I keep on and I'm not hiring this year? Forget it. Stop it. 
figure out a way to get your diverse team in front of the client and working for the client. Yeah. Really, really good. The one that I was going to say to Audrey was um, being like a conciliary for your client. I think it's like, I'm doing the work. I'm giving a fair rate. Okay. So that's the client loyalty myth we dispelled earlier. But if, if the client is coming to me with business problems in other areas, other than the specific, you know, legal, you know, work that I do, I think they, if they know that they can come to me for resources, if they know, or I've, I've provided resources, I've provided context, I help them find their assistant GC. Like I'm getting entrenched in their business beyond the work. It's very hard, I think, to leave a lawyer that A, does good work, B, you, you have a relationship with, and that also has provided a lot of value beyond the legal work. I couldn't agree more. You're saying everything that I agree with. Yes. No. All right. I know my, th- I know my stuff is what I think you're saying. Do. Okay. Well, I teach this, right? So I better know. Yeah. Uh, because it's not just, it's six times harder and more work and energy and time and money to get a new client than to keep an existing client. And lawyers that are already stressed out about the billable hour and the time and want to hang out with their family and all the good stuff, you got to keep your clients. You got to do it. Now, granted, there's situations where companies get bought. There's situations where companies go out of business, whatever that happens. So you have to keep prospecting, but at the same time, you have to keep the clients and you got to do more than just in the past. Yeah, that's right. And the other thing I'm seeing in my work advising law firms is that some, especially smaller law firms, but not necessarily, it's kind of a senior partner who has been working with, let's say, the founder of the firm or the head of the family that went to this law firm for estate planning or whatever. The law firm needs to get in front of the next generation. This is succession planning for the law firm, because guess what? When today's child, 30 years old, next year becomes, you know, the head of the family business because the parents want to kind of, you know, get out of it, that law firm better have had the relationship with the with the next generation. Yeah. And just generally, I think you mentioned this earlier, like multiple contacts. Like, you know, if you're working with the GC you should know five other people at that company because if that GC moves laterally up, down, leaves, whatever, and that's your relationship, guess what? Somebody's coming in with someone new and it ain't you. So you have an opportunity to A, go with that GC that moves to the bigger company or to the other job and stay where you are. You're double dipping. Well, why? Because of the relationship, because of the client service, because you've made yourself you know, so powerful in that relationship and dispensable, right? That's right. Yeah. I, more whenever you're ready for that. Uh, we're going to do one more and then I've got, I've got a final thing I want to hit you up with that I think will be really eye-opening for attorneys listening. So hit yours and I'll hit mine. I don't pretend your law firm is an expert in something that it isn't an expert. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. very hard. It's m- Most of us want to do the work, right? But guess what? A negative experience, even if it's not in the area that the client originally hired you for, will tarnish the entire law firm for years. Yeah, yeah, really, really good, really good. All right, here's my scenario. You're gonna be you're gonna be helpful in this, I think. You know, let's put on your GC hat. That's the hat I want you wearing right now. I am your lawyer. I have done everything and more that we've talked about today. The best client service, best quality, available rates, fair. I've given you context. I helped you build your team. I've done everything I could to be an asset for you. And I come to you and I say, you know, hey, 
is there, I know you've got a sister company that has another GC. Um, I think I might be valuable there too. Would you be open to introducing me? You would say what? Absolutely. Okay. So the point of that, of that shenanigans I just put on right there is because there are lawyers that have so much head trash about asking for a connection or asking for someone to, you know, if they've got a great lawyer, bringing them in and, and making that introduction. I think GCs generally want to meet the best lawyers they can meet. Even if they're happy with who they're with, are they open to meeting a lawyer if they make that ask in the right way? Yeah. If you're a good business developer and by business, I, I mean developing client relationships within the company as well, right? Because you have your clients are within the company. You are smart enough to expand relationships for, for a whole bunch of reasons, not the least of which is it makes you look good. I know this great lawyer. I know you down the hall are looking for a great lawyer. Let me introduce you. And at the law firm, this holding on to your client rather than sharing or letting the client even know that the law firm does other things. I mean, lawyers yeah. are guilty of really that. bad, really bad. Oh, the cross marketing is law firm did whatever, fill in the blank, yeah. you know, he work. It's terrible. Let everybody there's you stop hoarding. It does. Yeah. It's not. But I think asking when you have developed that value proposition, asking for quality introductions to other GCs and to other people that are in the world of, of, of your client, that's that is a critical area of low hanging fruit for lawyers. The other piece of it, Audrey, as you just said, is asking questions to identify other areas the client may need. The GC may need assistance. Maybe they're unhappy with their current litigation. You've been doing transactional stuff, but you have this amazing litigation group at your firm they don't even know about. That's insane. That's correct. Yeah. Well, just wonderful. I so appreciate your um, expertise and your sharing of this wisdom. I want to transition to our game-changing book or podcast. And I think we've got a book today, and the book is Getting Naked. So if anybody wants to get naked, there's a book that Audrey's going to tell you about. Yeah, this book isn't brand new, but of course, the title is really a grabber, so it's easy to remember. And what it's about has nothing to do actually with the law. It's about a technology consultant who was trying to develop his own business. That's the author of the book, Licioni, I believe is yep. his name. And he talks about how to do that. And the one takeaway I will give you is be transparent and vulnerable, which is completely different than the way I was schooled. I thought I'd go in to see a prospective client and tell them everything I knew and how great I was. Actually, it's sort of the opposite. I mean, you don't tell them that you're not good, but you also ask them, what do they want? What do they need? How can I fulfill your, your goals and desires? You don't have to know everything going in. And in fact, those who come across as knowing everything often don't get the business. And that was an eye-opener for me. Well, and another game-changing book is called Sales-Free Selling, as you know. And what I talk about in that book, similar to this, is that it's not about selling, convincing, and pitching. And pitch the word pitch is, you know, comes up at, you know, every day with lawyers and, and how they think about going after business. And it couldn't be more contrary to what I'm teaching, which is listening, asking, right? 
uh, identifying, qualifying, understanding, empathy. I mean, these are the words that are going to carry you through a meeting where you know more and you can respond in a way that you're not going to get if you just if you're just talking. If you're just talking over them, vomiting, you know, everything you know about the law over them. So that's that's right in line. So I'm gonna, you know, I haven't read that book. Um, I've read a lot of sales books, but that's one I'm gonna go back and check out. So appreciate that. Hey, before we wrap up, Audrey, I want to thank our wonderful, amazing sponsors, of course, Overture.law, helping you ethically fee share around the country. Get Visible, who's cranking out that marketing, helping to just take it off your plate. And of course, get staffed up if you're looking to outsource the you know, the full-time, you know, assistant, marketing assistant, and you guys know my marketing's done through them. And uh, my, uh, my VA, um, Sergio's cranking it out all the time. He's actually on, uh, he's got his paid leave right now. So I'm having to step in and be Mr. Marketing, but I was doing it before him. So I'm okay with it. Um, Andre, thank you so much. I just appreciate you. I appreciate your sharing and, and just our relationship. I have a feeling we're not, uh, we're not done yet. I agree. Thank you so much. It's been a delight. Yeah. And thank you, everybody, for spending some time with us today on Be That Lawyer. The goal here, continuing to help you to be confident, organized, and a skilled rainmaker. Take care, everybody. Be safe. Be well. We will talk again so very soon. Thanks for listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Visit Steve's website, fretson.com, for additional information and to stay up to date on the latest legal business development and marketing trends. For more information and important links about today's episode, check out today's show notes.